every freaking second of the day, I'm going to do it. Everybody wants to be mother freaking wealthy. Are you willing to adapt? Are you willing to change? How uncomfortable are you willing to get? How willing are you going to be to allow me to help you? This is a marathon, not a sprint. You give up your right to be average and ordinary. You gotta show up earlier, you gotta be here later, you gotta hit harder, be more productive, be more focused. If you don't see it that way, you will fail at it. You guys have been the pillar and the backbone of Planet First Life now for quite some time. Keep growing. All right, guys, thanks for joining us today. We have a very uh, special guest. We've been talking a lot since convention about what we heard, who we heard from, what it all looked like. And, you know, Austin Hatch is somebody that I had heard a lot about. Uh, The staff at corporate really thought he'd be a great fit as a speaker at annual convention. And if you've not heard Austin's story, number one, you, you, you need to. You know, I mean, I, I like hearing it from him. The ESPN piece I did was great. I love hearing it from Austin himself. But, I, you know, I really, I said to Austin after, the, after he spoke, I said, you've lived like so many lives, so many lives already, right? You've gone through so much. And you could take any one of those individual things and talk about it probably for an hour, you know? Um, and I really wanted to get him a chance to come on here midweek. First of all, we're going to start doing some more stuff with Austin. Actually, first of all, I like him a lot. He's a really good person. Um, you know, he certainly has been through a lot of adversity in his life. And also, he's taken a, a new career, and he's off and running with that. And I feel good about wanting to help with that at Family First Life. I think one of the issues we have as businessmen and businesswomen is um, some people think adverse. Some people think things that happen are adversity, and they're not. Like, they're not really that big a deal at all. So, um, I want to help provide some perspective. So, Austin, you with me, buddy? Totally with you, man. Oh, yeah. Give him a hand. That's, look at that. So, Austin, um, first of all, you, you know, people at convention loved you, so thank you very much for what, you, what your input was. I mean, when I hear every meeting I go to Austin now, I kind of do this whole, like, who did you like the best that we, that we paid to speak? You, Kevin O'Leary, Dave Anderson, uh, fly girl, we 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 do. I'm a big competition person. And Austin, you kicked you kicked butt, dude. Just want to let you know, you you did. You probably did more than some of the people that we paid more. So um, so we're really happy to have you. But I, I had a, I have a couple questions for you, and I, I'd love your your insight on this. Um, and this is something I I didn't get to glean from from um from your talk the other day, and I've watched the ESPN piece. So when you went. To, when you went to Michigan, what was the first year you attended Michigan? 2014. Okay. And the first plane crash you were involved in was what year? 2003. And September, was, 1st, September 1st, 2003, I was eight years old. Eight years old. And and, and in that one, you lost your mother? Lost my mo- lost my mom, Julie, my dad's high school sweetheart, my sister, Lindsay, who was 11, about to turn 12 a week later, and my little brother, Ian, who was only five. And then, incomprehensible loss, you know. Incomprehensible. That's probably the only word I can even begin to utilize. And then your second incident was when, Austin? What year was that? So my skills got to be pretty good. Had some success on the court. My dream was to play in Michigan. Coach Beon offered me a scholarship on June 15, 2011. 
I, I accepted that right then, right then and there. Nine, nine days later, though, tragically, we were involved in a second plane crash that tragically took the life of my dad and second mom and almost killed me as well. I was in a coma for two months. And um, I, as I was coming out of the coma, uh, Coach Beeline came to visit me in the hospital and he said, Austin, I can't wait to have you on my team someday, man. I was in a wheelchair. I couldn't walk. And he told me he can't wait to coach me. So it took some grit to overcome, right? It took some grit. A lot of things had to happen. A lot of people contributed, but I think more than anything, it took some grit. So, yeah, yeah, to say the least. When, when was the first time you played basketball competitively after that? Like, how many you were in a coma for that long? Like, how long was it? And you went to, you had, did you have one more year in high school? Yeah. Well, I, I had, I had two more years of high school. So I did, a, I did a, a year in Indiana where I'm from, where I originally went to school, you know. Um, and then, but then my, my, for my senior year, I moved out to California to live with my aunt and uncle um, in Los Angeles, Pasadena. And I went to a school called Loyola downtown. And um, on uh, January, January 8th, 2014, uh, I got into a game for the first time in two and a half years. And um, my coach, because I, I just wasn't ready to play. You know, I, was, I had really had to walk and talk and run. And, you know, I was working on my skills to regain my ability and stuff. And um, it was really the speed of the game. I couldn't really – my brain injury was so bad, I couldn't really process the game fast enough to be able to actually play. But um, play safely, more, most importantly. And coach put, put me in the game, called a play for me. I came off a screen and three-pointer for the first time in a couple of years. So felt good. Felt like old times. That's, that's, that's unbelievable. Um, Austin, so you're, I mean, obviously you get recruited to go to Michigan. You're one of the best basketball players in the country. I mean, that, that's not rocket science. I mean, you know, that it's the university of Michigan. If, if coach hadn't, and I'm just curious, if the coach hadn't come and seen you in the hospital and hadn't let you know that you had a chance to still, like he was going to honor your scholarship, wanted to coach you. Do you think you would have given up on basketball at that point in time? Yeah, I mean, I think I think my recovery would have been very different because Michigan gave me something to shoot for, something to work for. You know, I think I, I like to think I'm a pretty hardworking guy, and I, maybe in an ideal world, I'd like to say I would have worked just as hard to be able to, you know, get my ability back and stuff. But it's like, but if you if you're not working for anything, I mean, it's hard. I mean, we're, hopefully, we're all internally driven to reach our full potential, right, and maximize our our ability, make it be the best of which we're capable of becoming. But I think having having something like Michigan to aim for like way, way down the road and just to get a little bit close, try to get a little bit closer to achieving that goal every single day. Um, you know, I think that was important for me. It's like in business, like whatever your metrics are for the organization, right? We all have numbers we want to hit or, or a standard we want to achieve. And I think the biggest thing that I kind of learned over my journey, I think we got to create a standard for ourselves. And because if we have a standard that we live up to or do our best to live up to every single day, I think we'll do whatever we can to achieve that standard, regardless of circumstance, right? When things are good, hopefully you're achieving that standard, you know, like fairly regularly. But when you experience adversity, you may get knocked back a little bit and then you can't live, live up to that standard for, you know, whatever, for a month or two. But you're going to keep working to overcome the challenges you face and eventually, um, you know, get back to, li to living that standard and finding a way to, to overcome and persevere and really thrive, really thrive. So, so when you came, finally came out of your coma, when was the first time, you know, you were in a wheelchair, 
do the doctors, I mean, how quickly are you talking about what your recovery is going to look like? Was there ever a time where they told you that you wouldn't play competitive sports again or you wouldn't be able to run again? Like, what did that look like for you? Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, it's people, it's not that they had doubts. It's more that they were just real. They were just realistic with me because, like, so my traumatic brain injury, so traumatic brain injuries are measured on a scale of one to seven levels of severity, seven being the worst. Levels one, two, and three have a pretty good chance of, you know, returning to normal life, you know, regaining your independence, living life on your terms, things like that. Levels four, five, six, and seven have decreasingly smaller chances. And my traumatic brain injury was one of the worst level seven traumatic brain injuries my doctors had ever seen that came out of a coma. So when I was talking, playing for Michigan, the hence, no one had really done that. Not, and I'm just, I mean, it's just the reality. Like, for, fortunately, most people, there's never been an, at least not that I know of, never been a kid who commits to play, earns a scholarship to play, and then has a really at a dream school and then has a really bad brain injury that's probably going to prevent him. But maybe I'm the only one to ever do it because I'm, oh, I've only been, I'm the only one to, to have ever, ever been in that circumstance. I don't know. But it's like, you know what? I mean, I think more so they didn't doubt me. They just wanted me to be safe and didn't want me to do anything that was going to re-injure myself. But I, you got to keep pushing. You got to keep pushing. You got to be, got to get uncomfortable every single day. So. Well, here's the other thing, too, and I, I'm not, what do I know I wasn't there, but you're literally, like, when you ask, you say, I like to think I'm a pretty hard worker. Dude, you're like one of the hardest working people I've ever met in my life. You've overcome more than anybody I've ever met personally. Actually, I've ever heard of. Um, and, but it's that, I think your mindset, regardless of everything you went through and how it was all, you know, the, the things you had to relearn, right, and, and, and the speed in which you could pick things up at the time, even if they were saying it, it's funny because they listen to you. you say, you say, no, they were just looking out for me and they were being honest. But somebody else could have heard the exact same thing, in my opinion, and heard, I can't do it. You heard, don't know if you'll be able to. Michigan's really competitive. Want you to be safe. Don't know what, what like, if you'll be able. And you just heard, hey, I appreciate you looking out for me. But if I put my mind to it, I think I can achieve it. Is that a fair enough statement? Yeah. For sure. For sure. And. It's, um, you know, my dad always said, um, he said, Oss, go big or go home, man. Go big or go home. You owe it to yourself to not go halfway. If you're going to do something, going to go after something, go big. Go big or go home. And that was my, how I thought about basketball. And, you know, started working out in the morning before school when I was like 11 years old. I was trying to go big in basketball. I was giving it everything I had, right, in, in this business trying to go big and trying to build this thing as big as we can in my marriage. Now to my wife, I'm trying to go big. I'm trying to be the best husband I can be to her. I'm trying to, you know, like, right. So everything I do, I just kind of have a standard of go big. Like, why wouldn't we, you know? And it's like, and, and, and you, you never know. And in this business, I don't know what the ceiling is. And most people don't, you don't, we don't know what the ceilings are for ourselves. And like, you're never going to know that ceiling unless you just go big and try to max out and reach your full potential. So why not? Why not go big in whatever we're doing? You know what I mean. And I know that's how you guys feel at Family First Life too. Well, yeah, we and and I and we do, and I think, I think to, you know, the thing for a lot of people who get stuck in our business or in general is they they can never let go. Most everybody's had some kind of success in their life. What well, depends on level it is, but we get people that have, they've been in the business before. They tried something else. They had success, and then maybe they're not where they want to be today. And all they can do is fixate on the past. But Austin, you were one of the best players in the country because you wouldn't have gotten recruited to go to Michigan because they're one of the best teams in the country. Two plus two is four. You never could play at that level again with all of your injuries, obviously. 
I mean, when you got recruited to go to Michigan that early, I mean, you were going there on a scholarship to play basketball. Like, you would have played, right? You would have been on the court. You'd been competing. You'd have played. You'd been an integral part of the team. So Hope you, so. Yeah, hope, hope so. Hope at least. Well, I mean, dude, I, you know, I, I do some research, too. Dude. You're pretty unbelievably freaking good, you know? And um, Thank you. And, you know, Thank you're, you. You're welcome. It's true. And and But instead, for all the years that you were there, I heard you say I wanted to be the best teammate I could be. I wanted to be the best. I want to be the best asset to the team. If that was grabbing balls, kicking them out back out to guys, helping with bags, doing all those things, did you ever dwell on? Well, if I hadn't had this happen to me or these things, then I would be doing this. For sure. I mean, it's human nature to always to wonder. You know what? What if? What if the second plane crash didn't happen? What kind of career would I have had? You know, of course, it's it's human nature to wonder that, but also much good it just is going to make you frustrated that you're not there that, that you can't play the role you hope to have but i i quickly realized and i quickly developed the mindset um i think a lot of this comes from gratitude too like coach i was so grateful that coach beeline gave me an opportunity to be on the team be a part of the team so grateful and um i really i just wanted to contribute in some way right I couldn't play, unfortunately. I, I don't know if you actually know this, Sean. Maybe I told this, told, said this at the meeting. Um, but I'm, I'm in the record books at Michigan, and my record will never be broken. Probably never. Um, I'm the all-time lowest scoring full scholarship athlete in program history. No, nobody will ever score less than one point for years and be on a full <laughs> ride for years. It won't happen. But I felt that if coaches included me in the program, he was giving me a role. And so that role must have been important. My role was to bring energy to practice, be a great teammate, shag balls, help with drills, unload luggage on road trips, and work hard every day to be the best that I could be. Maybe that helped the team. Hopefully it did, right? And, and you know, I think it's like the, the thing about that, all those things I mentioned, there's the equivalent in any business of unloading luggage on road trips. There's, there, there, there's metaphorically speaking, there's rebounding and shoot around. There's helping with drills. There's all that stuff that we, that we can all do. Um, and every role matters though. Every person, I don't know your team. Obviously we've met at the conference, which is awesome. Um, I'm so grateful to be a part of your team for a day there, but every person, and you know, this, every person on your team has a role and the role matters. And so I feel like we, we owe it to the team to take pride in our role and make the effort every day to be the best we can be. So, well, you know, that's great. And that's strong. And I love it. And I think that's part of, you know, I, I was, my son was maybe like 10 and there was a guy working him out. He played some college ball, coach, college baseball, good dude. I knew him. And, and he was talking about his first year in college and he got really upset one day, come back after at bat, kind of tossed his bat and the coach grabbed him and said, Hey, look at that young man over there sitting by the stands and a young man in a wheelchair. And he said, I've known him for a long time. He's a, he's a baseball player. And now he's confined to that wheelchair the rest of his life. So every time this game doesn't go the way you want it to go. Remember perspective. I need you to have perspective. You're blessed. For sure. You know that I love what you say about gratitude. We're going to test Andrew. What did Austin say about gratitude? The convention, remember what was his line about gratitude? We're going to test. I got Andrew Taylor with me, Austin. We're going to test him and see if he remembers. Uh Oh, what I remember is he said he had only two bad days in his life. He did say that. Yeah. I don't remember. Austin, what did you say about gratitude? 
um, maybe a couple of things, but one of the things is it's hard to be grateful and negative yep. at the same time. There you go. It's hard to be grateful. To be- and, dude, I, I've said that Austin yeah. a hundred times since then. It's, yeah. You just can't be yeah. grateful and negative at the same time. You just, you can't be. So if you're, if no. you're not grateful for what you have in life and your blessings, then I get it, but you can't say I'm grateful. And then the next sentence go, but look how awful my life is. Look at all these things that have happened to me. And in Austin, obviously that's not been, uh, not been your case. So you, you, you get done. Well, first of all, who would, did you guys, I'm trying to think of your four years. What was the best year y'all had? What year was that? So my senior year, 2018, we went to the national championship game in San Antonio and played Villanova. Oh, I remember um, that game. Got beat. Yeah. Villanova was really good. And ironically, we play Villanova tomorrow in San Antonio. Wow. Where we literally played them four years ago, almost to the day. Isn't that um, crazy? So, yeah, I mean, just, just the pure irony of the, you know, the turn. Hopefully, hopefully it's a different outcome um, now, this time. But, you know, you know, Villanova is a great team and, you know, they're very well coached. So it'll be a challenge. Now, who is the best player you played with while you're at Michigan? Um, I would probably say Karis LeVert. Okay. Um, he's a pro. My teammate Duncan Robinson um, has an amazing story. He starts for the Miami Heat. Now he's a pro. Duncan's, Duncan um, Robinson was at Michigan? Yeah, for yeah, I was doing four years. Really? Yeah, yeah. He went to D to a D three school out of, out of high school, Williams College in Williamsburg, Massachusetts. Wow. And then um, in the his coach at, at or his coach at Williams College was a, a former assistant coach under Coach Beeline when Coach Beeline was at West Virginia before Michigan. And the coach from Williams told Coach Beeline, "Hey, coach, this guy's too good for D three. You should take a look at him." And coach took a look, took a look, and you know it was like, okay. He saw some potential, and brought him to Michigan. He, you know, he had to sit out a year because of the transfer stuff. So he sat out a year, you know, and had just got to work, work on his game and stuff. And then had a good sophomore year, good junior year. Started part of a senior year, did pretty well, um, but didn't look like a high caliber prospect or anything. Was undrafted in the draft of 2018. Played D League for a couple of years. Um, I think for Sioux, for the Sioux Falls Skyforce team, it's like the Miami Heat D League team, and then uh, worked his way up and got to play, uh, got to play some games on the Heat. Earned a earned a spot and earned a, eventually started and just yeah signed a massive you know, a five year ninety million dollar deal. So Didn't really it, happy for him. That, worked his tail off, earned, earned it every step of the way. Oh, that's that that is great, man. It is. Um, I walk. I got a lot of my. That's where we're at. So I got a lot of Miami Heat games, and I love watching him play. He is. Uh, he def, He's definitely a baller. So last last question, Andrew. Do you have a question for Austin? Yeah, for sure. What do you got? Uh, um, you mentioned go big or go home. That your dad taught you that. Like, what exactly did that entail? That he taught you? Because the reason I'm asking is because you've your your dad. And you, after the first plane crash, seem to have got it, figured out life and how to move on and not move on, but be happy and be productive and and have this good uh, perspective. Um, and then you were able to do it again without your dad. So like, and and you mentioned to me at the the event that it was go big. That he taught you go big or go home. So you were gonna go big stay around and make a difference. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Well, I think, I think that, you know, that line, go big or go home. It's different for everybody, right? It's different for every organization, every person and in, in, in every circumstance. So it's like, you know, going big on my recovery, it's just always do one more, always do extra reps, always, 
you know, do do one more one more one more set of exercises, right? Maybe take one more lap around the hospital floor um, to get out to get discharged. They're two months ahead of schedule, right? Whatever it is, it's like if we just go big in in, in the things that we control, I feel like the results will take care of themselves. And you know, because there's a lot of things in life and in business that we can't control, but I think in the things that we can't control, why why wouldn't we go big, right? And, you know, it's different for every, everybody in every circumstance, like going big for you may not be the same for me. And not and every, every team at family first has may have a different definition of what it means to go big in, in their business or in their life or in their, you know, whatever they're doing. But I think, yeah, it's just, you know, if we're going to go after something, two things that we control are attitude and work ethic. And why wouldn't we go big as far as having a great attitude big as far as working our tails off? You know what I mean? So. That's huge, man. Hey, last one, Austin. Yes, sir. How long after the accident, or let's say when you came out of your coma and you started your you started your rehab, how long a process was that? And what was it? How many hours was a typical day for you uh, rehabbing? Yeah, you know, it was a uh, it was long. Um, it was it was challenging for sure. But I, you know, it's and no no, I don't think any two days are really the same. I mean, it's like. You know, you just try to, my goal was to get a little bit better every single day and try to do something every day that I couldn't do the day before. And this, and I could do that in the very early stages of my recovery because I had so far to go. Maybe take two laps around the hospital floor today. Okay, I'm going to do three tomorrow, all right? Or maybe do do one set of, of 15 wall push-ups. I couldn't do regular, when I came out of a coma, I couldn't do regular push-ups. I could only do push-ups against a wall, right? So you're not, like you're, I mean, you have you have almost no, no weight to push, but that's how weak I was. Okay. You're going to do one set of 10 tomorrow. You're going to do two, or, or you can, do, you're going to do four sets today or tomorrow you do five. Right. So it's just like, always do one more, always keep pushing. Um, cause yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, you, you never know how how good you can be. And I didn't to be completely honest with you. I had a, I had a vision of my recovery of, of like success. I had a vision of getting to Michigan. But I didn't know how good I could be. I didn't know. I kind of, I said, you know, there were times that I told myself I'm going to be better than I was before, you know, and I, I, I ne- never got to be better than I was before, but you just got to be positive and tell yourself that don't, don't limit yourself by um, thinking, limiting thoughts. You know what I mean? Like just go big or go home and the, and the results will take care of themselves. Well, I appreciate you joining us today, man. If you all want to follow, what's your what's your Instagram handle? Is it just Austin Hatch or what's? Yeah, I think yeah, it's uh, it's real Austin Hatch. Real Austin Hatch. So go follow him, and uh, if you all want to do some work with him, work at FFL, you can reach out to him. Reach out to us. He's gonna help us with some meetings and and become part of the the family. We we love uh, you know Austin. You are um, literally one of the most humble people I've ever met in my life. I've actually don't think I've met many people that have more humility than you do in general, just across the board. And, um, that I, I, I appreciate it. I mean it. It's the truth. And I, I like it. Uh, I like it a lot. And, and I like where you come from. And I like the, the candor with which you speak and, and, um, the spirituality with which you speak with. And it means a lot to us. So we're thankful, bud. We appreciate you helping us out today and, uh, go blue, right? We'll be, uh, we'll be cheering. We'll be cheering for you, bro. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Look forward to finding a way to do some business together in the future. Look forward to being a part of the family first team, part of family first family. 
And yeah, let's uh, let's go big or go home. Well, everything we, we do, we so. are gonna go big and go big or go home. We're just gonna go big. We ain't going home. But we uh, no. And you are part yeah. of the family, brother. So we appreciate. It. Thanks for jumping on today with us. And uh, if you all need something from Austin, reach out to Corp. Reach out to Austin. And uh, you know, there's plenty of things. This is what he does for a living, man. Let's help him out. He's a great guy doing what he does. Has a phenomenal narrative story and a lot of perspective and insight into business and, and the way it translates to what he's gone through. So have a great day, guys. Thanks for watching us. Appreciate it. Thanks, Austin. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, appreciate you, bud.